Several months before this episode that we heard today was the gospel reading we had last week where Mary and Joseph take Jesus and they present him in the temple and Simeon takes him and he holds him up and he says, this child is to be the lumen gentium, the light to the nations. And then this begins to be fulfilled in the Magi. For the Jewish people, there's, there's hints in the Old Testament, as we heard in the prophet Isaiah today, of, of them being broadened to more than just themselves, their doors being opened up. But for the most part, their existence was a, a fortified existence. Like, we are the chosen people, we, we exist of, of ourselves, we're the promised ones. You know, so there wasn't this idea of evangelization. And very few times in, the, in salvation history do we see any non-Jew becoming a Jew. There's several actually in the lineage of Jesus, but it's very infrequent. That wasn't their, that wasn't their real, real goal. But now we see something new is happening that the Jewish people are going to be the light to the nations, starting with this central figure of their Messiah. And so Jesus is that light. We say in the creed, he's the light of lights. And every other light is merely a participation in the one true light. Every other light leads to the light of the world. And we have three instances and three figures that I want to look at amongst the Christmas stories to to see how this light operates. One, on Christmas morning, we had the reading of of the shepherds. Shepherds are out tending their sheep the middle of the night. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them. Bright light. And it says to them, hey, go to Bethlehem. There you're going to see the Messiah. Short journey for them. Bright light, obvious message, short journey. That's, that's the person who has faith. The Jews were the people of, of faith. They were the promised people. And so revelation comes. It's very clear. It's very bright. It's a short journey. The three magi, they're way off in Babylon, modern day Iraq, across the desert, hundreds and hundreds of miles away. The destination is the same, but the message is completely different. Tiny little star. And who are, who are, these, who are these wise men? We call them wise men. They, they, were, they were. They were studying. They were looking for truth wherever they could find it. If, if there's truth in the stars that can then lead us to, to something, then we want to know it. If there's truths in the, in the other, the, the Jewish scriptures which are floating around because the Jews had been in exile in Babylon for many years, then we want to discover it. And when we discover the truth, we're going to go where it leads us. That, that's, that's, a, that's an important part of, of wisdom. It's not just knowing stuff, it's following where that knowledge leads. It's seeking, following, finding, changing. So they see this star, they've heard some prophecies about this this Jewish king, this Messiah. They say, we gotta investigate this, we gotta follow this. But notice, just a little light, long journey. The message was not clear. But they get there, they fall down in worship. 
their lives are changed. They can't go back now to their pagan rituals and worship. Now there's something new. They have to live by a new light. Because we can be led by the stars until we find the sun. And then we don't, we don't really need the stars anymore. But there's a third character that I want to look at too. King Herod. What, what is King Herod led by? Well, it seems to me, then I think this has been true in every age, that there's a, a type of person who uh, is led by instinct and passion. They, they, they're led by hearsay. They're, they're led by sound media clips, headlines, and they're reactionary. That's a, that's a passionate movement. So what happens to Herod? Well, he actually has an opportunity to, to see the light. He has these three visitors that, hey, we saw something, we're investigating. He has every opportunity to, if there's a king of the Jews, I want to know about this king of the Jews. But he's not interested in that. He's not interested in in some truth that would change his existence. In fact, everything about Herod is, he's, he's just an opportunist. Whatever he can do to get ahead. He's the king of the Jews, but he's not Jewish. He's half pagan. If, if, if being king and building a temple for the people is going to win their favor, then great. But he's really more, about important, more, more interested in gaining the favor of, of, of Rome. He wants, to, he wants to make it. So when he gets this litter, little glimmer of, of the light, this hearsay, this sound clip, hey, we heard there's a king of the Jews. What does he do? He goes on a killing spree. He reacts to it by killing all the children in, in Bethlehem. So we have these, these three figures, the, sh- the shepherds who live by faith, the, the wise men who, who have only the light of reason, and then Herod who merely follows his passions. He, he doesn't investigate truth where truth may be found. This, this is actually a, a beautiful little um, microcosm of what the, what the church teaches about who Jesus truly is. And one of the, one of the things that we can tend to fall into, even in, even in following our own tradition and faith and trying to be good Catholics, is becoming soundbite Catholics. Oh, I heard this, and so it must be true. Well, did you investigate it? No, I didn't. I just reacted to it. Right? We, can, we can tend to do that. Uh, I'd like to take us back to a document from the Second Vatican Council called Lumen Gentium, the light of the nations. In fact, the whole document is, is ordered towards this singular principle that Jesus is the light of the nations. He's the light of the world. He is the only source of salvation. He's established a church which is his body and is one in the same with him. And he's established that to be the universal sacrament of salvation. So one of the things that we, we tend to know, or we've heard, we've read the soundbite, is that the church no longer teaches that there's no salvation outside of the church, right? And after Vatican II, priests stopped telling people to convert and they said, you know, that religion is just as good as that religion and, you know, if you're a Jew, be a good Jew and if you're a Muslim, be a good Muslim and if you're a Protestant, be a good Protestant. And we kind of, that just kind of seeped into our, our, our way of being. But this is what Vatican II actually taught. 
The Sacred Council wishes to turn its attention firstly to the Catholic faithful, that's us, basing itself upon scripture and tradition. It teaches that the church, now sojourning on earth is, as an exile, is necessary for salvation. Whosoever, therefore, knowing that the Catholic Church was made necessary by Christ, would refuse to enter it or remain in it, could not be saved. Wait, that's not what the soundbite said. I know, that's why we got to investigate. We got we to take the, the, the opportunity and the light that we've received and follow it to where it leads so that we can build our life on that. We want to know, we want to see, we want to have the light. Now, Immediately, our modern sentiments tend to be like, well, what about all those other people? What about the people who don't know the Lord? What about the people who have never heard the gospel? And don't worry, the, the church has us covered there too. And so the document goes on. Those also can attain to salvation who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, yet sincerely seek God and moved by grace, strive by their deeds to do his will as it is known to them through the dictates of the conscience. Whatever good or truth is found among them is looked upon by the church as a preparation for the gospel. So what's that, what that is not saying is, yeah, their truth is just as good as our truth. What that's saying is, whatever truth is out there, is a participation in the one truth. Whatever light is out there is a participation in the one light and can lead the one who honestly and sincerely seeks to the fullness of truth, to the fullness of light. That's the Magi. They were pagans. All they had was, was the light of natural reason and their conscience, but they were faithful to that. That wasn't what saved them, their commitment to following that wherever it would lead is what brought them to the Christ child and changed their lives. But the document goes on because it says, but often men deceived by the evil one have become vain in their reasonings and have exchanged the truth of God for a lie, serving the creature rather than the creator. That's Herod. Herod, just like the wise men, had every opportunity to see the little glimmer of, of light and follow to the only one who could, who could truly save him, the only one who, who, could, who could be for him what he was trying to be for himself, the king of the universe. And so it falls to us, as the document goes on, to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. We become the light to the nations. We have to go out and tell people where and who and how they can, to, uh, can, can attain eternal salvation, eternal happiness. So this is, this is our, our role as those, those people of faith, those people who have been incorporated into the people of God, the chosen people who have the bright light of faith. We have to go and bring everybody into that. If we have a, if we have a bonfire, it's no good to say to the, well, he's got a candle, he's fine. No, 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 we want to bring them into the light of the bonfire. We want, we want to usher everybody in because that's a hard and treacherous journey to travel through the, the, the dangers of life with, with a mere, mere candle searching and seeking for truth. But 
maybe, maybe we're at a place in our faith where we're struggling. Maybe all we have is the natural light of reason right now. Maybe our faith is, we're just at a place where it's, 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 it's hard. I'm not, I'm not seeing. Well, then follow that little light of truth. Don't just say, okay, well, this is, this is as good as it gets and this is what I got and I'm gonna go with that. No, 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 follow that. Whatever it is, whether it's a teaching of the church that you don't understand, well, don't just take the sound bite and say, well, I don't have to. No, follow it. Follow it. That's, that's the integral thing to do. That's the, that's the example that the wise men give us. There's a little bit of truth, that there's a little bit of light. Let's follow it wherever it leads because what if there's more light? What if there's more truth? Don't we want that? We certainly don't want to be like King Herod, having that opportunity handed to us right before us and to snuff it out. That's what we don't want to be. So let's take courage from the wise men who went on a long, long journey with just an inkling, just a tiny little inkling of what could be and were overwhelmed beyond their wildest fancies. I think it's beautiful as we, as we celebrate on the high altar, one of the, one of the images there is that we're, we're sojourners too. We're going on a journey. Just like the wise men, our church actually faced the west, so we're traveling to the west. We're, we're seeking the Lord. We're seeking the light of lights. And what do we do when we get there? Well, just like the magi, we fall down in worship. We bring our gifts, our gifts, frankincense, gold, myrrh, our hearts, our pain, our desires, our joys, our prayers, and we lay them down at the foot of the cross. And then we follow him wherever he leads us.